Welcome to Buzz Talk Business Show. Each episode, we bring you news and interviews with local businesses, discuss business tips and advice on how to get started or the best out of your business. Welcome to Buzz Talk Business Show. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you? How how are you? Sorry, I, can't, I, I haven't been on here for so long. It's like, how are you? I'm fine. And we are here with Lucy Lyons. Hello, Lucy Lyons, and you are a author. I am, and thank you very much for inviting me today. That's right. We're super excited to talk about Lucy's book, The Finding Machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hello, Tammy. Hello, Neil. How Hello. are you? Hello, how are you? Hello, Tammy. <laughs> We're good. Hello, Hello Jack. Just, Hi, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just, just excited. Had Neil for a while. That's all. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this book because um, just just from reading a very small bit of it, I am intrigued and want to want to know more. I don't think I'll be able to put it down once I get cracking on this. Oh, it's brilliant that you say that, and I'd love you to read it. And uh, yes, uh, quite a few people have said they can't put it down, so it's the unputdownable book. Okay, well, let's start <laughs> off at the beginning, shall we? So, you're an author. You are an author because you've written a book. Yes. You've written a book. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, you've written the book. Uh, when did you start? How, how old were you? When did you first inspired to become an author? I've always written from the age of 15. Um, I had an inspirational English teacher at school and uh, she was a wonderful woman. At the time she had been been to Oxford and met uh, Tolkien and it was her love of Tolkien, wow. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit that inspired me to start writing a fantasy uh, back in the 80s on a typewriter with some carbon paper. And um, oh, What an inspiration straight off. What, yes. what was it called? actually can't remember what it was called it was just <laughs> lamentable it was a really bad book but 15 but giving it you know getting 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 in there and you had the bug started I did and and from that point on I was always writing and and really strangely I never thought that this would be the thing I would do as a career or for my life I was always looking at other things like illustration I was interested in and I loved English and I loved reading but it just took me so long to realise this is what I should be doing, is trying to, you know, write novels, get them published and get people reading them. So, how, I mean, how many novels have you written? So I have, this is my first um, mystery, cosy mystery, and I've also got two fantasy books, uh, which are not yet published, but I'm hoping they'll be published within the next year as well. So. Okay, you're self-publishing, aren't you? This is a self-published indie book, that's right, yes, a huge community of us um, wanting to get our work out there, and we're all very supportive of each other. So basically, self-publishing is, is when you, you pay for it yourself, don't you? you you're, you're not assigned to uh, a company or anything like that, you know, so... Uh, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called now. Publishing, Publishing houses, yes. that's yep. the word. Uh, so, yeah, so um, you, you've, you funded this yourself? Yes, so you are the editor, the, or your agent, your, your you publisher. Have the full say. You have to do everything. So there are no indie published writers. You only write books. Pu- writing the book is the start of it, and then the rest of it is your networking and you're promoting it and you're marketing it and distributing it and you're doing all of the jobs that a big five publishing house would do for you. Do you... Can you so can you tell us tell us a bit more about this book? So this book is because I love this already. <laughs> it's a it's a cozy English mystery set in the nineties, and it's um, my main character is um, she's a bit of a loser. She's twenty nine years old, and she's stuck doing uh, audio transcription at a time when people were doing uh, web design and the internet was coming on, and she hasn't moved on at all. And one morning the doorbell rings and she receives an extremely exciting package from the postman and she thinks it's something really boring from her mother, like a pension pack or some 
religious literature and actually turns out to be a machine that her late father built back in the 70s. So she has a mystery of what working out what does this machine do and then she has the mystery of working out why did he build it and another mystery is hidden inside the machine, inside the wiring and that's a cold case that dates back to the 20s. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, is and, can, and can Alex, the character, follow the dots to solve it? Yes, indeed. And this is the uh, inciting incident that changes her life and she's been very stuck in a rut and um, mourning her father, really. He's been dead for five years and this is the thing where puts her back in touch with him and, and what was he doing and who who was he trying to find and it changes her life forever. Would you say it gives her some spark, some, some energy to, to do things again? Indeed, the fact that she's running on the cover, she beautiful she, cover design. She, she comes out of her shell and her handsome housemate Anthony there as well, he gets reluctantly dragged in to help her but uh, yeah, it changes her life. She, she's pushed way beyond her comfort zone with each mystery that she solves, the stakes get higher. And, that, and, then, and you've actually mentioned that hopefully there will, might be more of these books to come. Indeed, I'm working on the sequel at the moment, which is uh, set the following year, which is 1999, which is a very exciting year for anyone who remembers it. We had Millennium on the Horizon, yes. yep. huge celebrations. The world was going to end. The world was going to end, <laughs> the Millennium bug was going to ruin everything. But at the other time, there were lots of people were thinking, this is incredible, I've spent part of my life in one century and now I'm going to be straddling that and I'm going to be finishing my life in another century. Yeah, mm. I, I, I love that thought as well. Mm. I remember feeling like that. So for my children who were born in, you know, 2003, 2004, they'll, they'll never have had that experience of being a child of the 70s, <laughs> the glamorous <laughs> 70s. I was talking to my kids the other day about like um, how dial-up used to be. I uh, said, so where you take an, um, an image coming in like within many seconds, it's on your screen, you can see it. That would take hours yeah. back then. You going know, backwards and forwards, yeah. going down, going down, yeah. And I remember a video, very tiny resolution, you know, and it was a very small video, about a minute or so, nothing longer than that. That would take the whole weekend to download. I remember well, we BT going, penny a minute, yes, next Friday, fortune. this next uh, Sunday. Uh, what, what, we, what we call a thumb, thumbnail now is literally what we watched. Yeah. <laughs> it was so small. No, no, exactly right, yeah, yeah. Quality yeah. was low, but it took ages to download. So that sounds like it'll be a great time to write from. And as we mentioned briefly before, uh, when we were chatting before you came on, the 80s and 90s are so popular at the moment. And this this book, you know, would from w- would make a great TV series. Oh, it's brilliant that you say that. And um, people told me I write in a really visual way, so when they're reading it, they can see the scenes and they can imagine them on screen. And I've been really heavily influenced by TV as much as other writing. And I think back to series like uh, Jonathan Creek, for example, yeah. in the 90s, mm. which was really um you've got alan davis he's a real amateur sleuth and he's dragged into these cases and i wanted that kind of magic with it where he's uh he he's solving cases using the the magic magicians tricks and things like that and i wanted her to have the element of magic with this machine that enables her to go off on these great adventures that's great that's great i mean and to be honest you know this obviously is is hopefully going to be the first of many Let's see. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, we, we were discussing obviously uh, uh, beforehand about um, the different, you know, different covers and things like that you could do, and uh, you know, we we came up with um, what what color would is nineteen ninety nine. No, I said Prince. Okay, Jack, you said 
I didn't say anything. I'm quite no, quite my brain now. Well, well, we, 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 me and Lucy were on blue or green kind blue. of thing. So the minute you've got, you've got the Tammy said Spice on Girls. This. Tammy <laughs> said the Spice Girls from 1999. No, I was, thinking, I was thinking of the 90s, late 90s era kind of yeah. Spice. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's that's what comes to mind when I think of the late 90s. I think mid to late 90s. I think of Spice Girls. Talking about the old days, back um, a little while, probably about two or three years ago, I was doing stuff for a, uh, a state agents here, like doing like the internal views of the house and there's one place in Lightwater I walked in to do the 360 view of the house and looked at it and I thought this has gone back to the, the 1950s the furniture the wallpaper the tiling oh yes has changed it's like oh my god I feel like I went back in time I tell you what, if, it, if it's done right, it looks amazing. Habitat is very much back in now. Yeah. Have you seen the fridges they had then? They were amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, so, okay, so the more important thing is where can we buy this book? Yes. Well, I'm published wide, so it basically means you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Waterstones Online, Kobo, uh, Smashwords, you can get it uh, all those places. Barnes & Noble, I think, is another place you can get it online. So, right, so, so if I get my copy online, I read it, we're going to come back in, have another <laughs> podcast once <laughs> I've fully read it, and um, I can get you to sign it. Yes. Oh, quick question, Sorry. actually. <laughs> Why did you go down the routes of self-publishing, not find a, um, what you call it? Publishing house. Publishing house. Yes, yeah, so I did go down the traditional route, and uh, there are many, many um, interviews online with authors like myself who um, struggle to make headroads with um, agents and mm-hmm. big publishers. And one of the reasons with this book is it's, it's multi-genre so although it's a cozy mystery it's also got the science fiction element and that was quite hard to sell to uh, agents so I had my top pick agent he did get back to me within three hours which I thought was a brilliant sign and he really liked it but he wasn't sure how he could sell it because it it wasn't fitting into what you know your traditional publishers looking for where you have like a Richard Osman book which is just a cozy mystery or it's a shame they do that because yeah. so many things have a, it's great to have a mix yeah where, where does this name cozy mystery where, where does that name come from a cozy mystery. You can imagine sitting down with with a book, a cup of tea, some, bis- some biscuits by the fireplace. Yeah, it'd be great to get a publisher in here and sort of talk about what things changed back in the days to currently now. What our publishers looking for, yes, kind of thing. You know, exactly. That'd be an interesting one as well. So the cozy mystery things really exploded in the last, I would say, seven eight years, where the violence happens off screen. So that's one of the things that there's a community generally of people who helped solve the crime. They're close knit, and they're not. They're not policemen they're or policewomen they are amateurs who take it upon themselves to solve the crime so it fits within that really well and what sparked your um your ideas behind this story what 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 was it your inspiration well i really liked films back in the 70s and i had quite a boring upbringing i think a lot of people who grew up in the 70s found them the hours tick by rather slowly as a child and i lived in it was a very routine driven ho- uh, household so i had lots of time where nothing was really happening so i went into my imagination with books and sometimes when my dad took me to the cinema, I loved seeing things like Superman and we were seeing Indiana Jones and Clash of the Titans. And I was thinking, wow, I, I'd love to make a difference. But, you know, obviously I can't fly. I'm not going to be rescuing children from Niagara Falls and <laughs> <laughs> getting the Ark of the Covenant and wresting it from the hands of the Nazis. But what could I do that, that would really help people that would be like a superpower, but more British, <laughs> less lo- more low-key? And I thought, well, finding things, because, I mean, I lost, I remember my cat going missing in the 90s, and I was devastated by that. And so, you know, we start off with the mysteries of finding pe- people's pets who've gone missing, and people are very attached to their pets. They're like people, they're like, you know, they're part of their family. And then we move on to what happens if a member of your family goes missing. 
there's nothing worse than not knowing what's happened to them and that's that's we build up to that with the book and it's inspired yeah wonderful and have you had to do any other sort of research have you like you know we were talking one of our we both have a love for the tv series outlander yes and read the books there and we were talking about that the author how she um did a lot of research about scotland and you know um um the battle of culloden and all sorts did you have to do some research yourself I did I did and I had um, some very very clever people helping me especially with aspects of the GPS technology which was coming in at the time it was used by the army it was used by America but it was still new for the public to use it and I had to research uh, as people see as they read the book that that GPS satellite technology is really important to um, to the, the the plot and how it develops but also things like dial up internet and I was looking at what people were looking at on the internet at that time the dark web you know people were very worried about that that was as soon as the internet came in then you got the darker side of it coming in as well people who didn't want to be part of the normal institutions they wanted to have off forum meetings with people and discuss things in a safe space and then inevitably there was horrible things that came along with that so Mm. I I had to research Mm. that Linux you mentioned that as well because um, they wanted to be off grid didn't want to use Microsoft software Things like that. Yeah, I did a, did a lot of research into the time and what was going on as well with music. Um, but also, we have to remember when you write a book that's set in the past that everything from that year is not generally there. It's People are still using stuff from 10, 20, 30 years ago. Because it, it works better than most things yeah. these yeah. days, we so found yeah. out. So <laughs> when, you, when you mentioned the 1950s, that house, stepping back in time, she's living in a house that probably hasn't been touched for 20, 30 years. And... The houses she goes to with other people, they're, they're also stuck in time warp. Some of them have got stuff from the 40s in them. Funny yes. you should say that, because my, my nan and granddad, I can never remember them decorating. Never, mm. never remember them decorating. It was like, you know, the house stayed the same yeah. all the time they were alive, you know. At, my grandparents did, right up until, I think it was about 10 years before they passed, and they decided they just wanted something, like minimalistic to have to deal with when because they, they were the typical have loads of little ornaments and then she, my nan got to the stage where she was like i can't keep dusting and dealing with all this anymore and she literally got a skip and got rid of pretty much everything and just kept a blank canvas but yeah up until yeah, like, I remember, yeah. yeah i remember at school like it was bbc micros were the, were the thing for schools and you had like a little storage um space it was like what 3k that's all you had to store your documents. <laughs> oh like yeah, do you remember those, those discs? It wasn't. <laughs> I still got some of them. I still got some of those. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we people were still using big floppy disks, smaller floppy disks, and I remember with the, the day I left sixth form college was the day they brought in Windows. <laughs> so that was a very well useful computing A level. That was because it, and everything I'd learnt was completely redundant as soon as I stepped out of my classroom. Everyone was uh, going mad for Windows. And um, and all the other things that were coming in at the time, and the mobile phones was really interesting. I had to look up how many characters could you use to store people's names on your address book, and it was eight on the old Nokia. That was actually mm. on the SIM card it stored it, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> you remember you could swap the SIM over and your address book goes, yeah, but these yeah. days it's not. No, so it must have been quite quite fun to do some of that side of things. Did I you enjoy it? I did. And, and I'm reminiscing. I still have got my old Nokia and I <laughs> lit up the green screen and um, had a look on it. And I had an old message from an old boyfriend on it dating back about 15 years and it was still on there. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. I remember, because uh, back, go back when emails came out and stuff, again, that very short form character base. 
and then the mobile phones came on board the emails then uh, evolved onwards and then based text messaging was the old email system it kind of took over so kind of old technology being reused it's like wi-fi wi-fi used to be used years and years ago connecting buildings together then it got really bad because it was at that time it was kind of hard work expensive mm. it dropped now it's wi-fi now it's bluetooth just you know? made me realise about mobile phones. Do you remember back in like 1999, 2000 when you'd, you'd know when a message was coming through because there would be that funny interference just before it came? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, d- I, didn't have any, cool. I, d- I didn't have any of this. It was, you know, I, I had my old mo- Motorola yes. brick. Yes, you which would, is like, do, would which, you? Is, which is like that. Oh, I you could fling it from the top of a building and yeah. it would bounce. I've still got it. It's in a box in my loft. That's Gosh. my that's my retirement Might fund. Might worth some money one day. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago that we had the classic car show over in Farnborough. And there was an old car there that had the very old um, built-in mobile phone in the car, the, the brick, the big handset, you know. Yeah. <laughs> was it portable? No, it was built to the car. Built in the car. Because my brother, my stepbrother, he brought his first mobile phone. He goes, look at this. And it was a huge brick he carried with a handpiece on it, you know. And it was, it was all like £1.50p per minute to call, mm. you know. And he had that for business. And he was counting around everywhere. Look, it, back at the day, it looked, wow, a that's bomb. good. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. But the same yeah. with a lot of technology now, like with mobile phones and, you know, know how good the camera is in five years time we'll look at our one and go well that's that's nothing compared to that now um but no i remember all that definitely yeah i do remember builders leading the way in the 90s because i never really had a mobile phone but the builders all had the motorolas oh yes yeah the the build builders plumbers electricians they all had mobile phones but but then but back then days we had choice on networks we had choice on styles of phones you had the nokia's you had the motorolas there's loads of choice i remember every um coming up to the end of my contract it's like i can go for a new style phone um, movies were producing like these kind of phones that came out. You had the Matrix phone. And oh, the ma- slid I had out. that. I had oh, that one. Everyone loved that. But like now, <laughs> now it's kind of like, oh, it's an Apple phone. Oh, it's made a slight change there. You know, it's more about now. It's more about what's on the technology rather than the look and the feel. Yeah. You know. Yeah, mm. got more colours, but the phone's still the and same And no one shape. cares about the ringtones anymore. They're just, like, it's not, you oh, know, that was used such to be, huge thing, do you remember yeah. when the ring, and it's, I mean, obviously when it was real, still tinny, but it was like, yeah, I've got, I've got this theme and not 2001. Look, I've got the Harry Potter ringtone. <laughs> well, Nokia re-brought, they brought back out again, didn't they? The old, uh, was it 3310, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that's came, the one. Came back out yeah. and it had Snake on it. Uh, the oh, snake I love is in the Snake book. game. <laughs> you should read it just because some, some phones, they've actually brought yeah. that out, haven't they? Yeah. So that you can have it on the newer phones. So Anthony says to Alex, you know, here's your mobile phone, but don't, Play snake on it, you run the battery down. Yeah. Um, my, um, I would say, ex sister in law, she worked for Nokia for quite a while and um, she was dealing with the phones that were sold to the rich and famous. So they'll, they'll go for like 250,000 as, as a base standard phone. But the, if they wanted like um, diamonds engraved into the phone, all that kind of stuff, they, they could do that. Mm. And, it, and they got to like millions of pounds. But I said, uh, what's, what's the actual phone like? It was just a standard yeah. phone. But just blinged out massively. Even the metals were made by expensive metals. But the technology itself was very much a box stand you can get from a shop. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, I knew someone who did uh, those blinging cases, and you know they were they were they were gold. They were they had diamonds on. They I were. I don't think they're gold and diamond in here. I don't. I don't, so. I don't think so. No. <laughs> but I can imagine that definitely gets. Uh, there's a lot of reminiscing in here as well for people. I imagine I think as it's, well. It's a brilliant time to write about because um, she's using a fax machine and she's got a fax switcher so that she can switch between the phone line and the fax and then she's dialing up on that as oh, well as a modem. Um, what do you call it? Pager. Pager. 
Pager no, yet. she doesn't have a pager because nobody talk really. She doesn't need to. She's pretty sad. She's sitting yeah. in her room typing, and she has an audio um, transcription machine which she uses with a foot, foot pedal. Foot pedal, yes. yes. See, yeah. The good old days. But how many words per minute can she do? Over one hundred and twenty for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a big thing to know in the book, but that oh, it is. It is. It is. Secretary. My mum was a professional secretary. She went to Slough College, uh, and she could do up to one hundred words a minute on a normal typewriter. And that's hard because you're oh, pushing yeah, a manual hard. typewriter and I learned on a manual. But one of the things she does is she's quite sneaky. She gets paid per hundred words. So she adds everything she hears, no matter if there's hesitations or there's pauses or people repeat themselves or they go, oh, she writes it all down and gets extra for that. So yep. it's one scene where she's doing that. I remember the typewriters when they've kind of going back a bit more, where they yet to really kind of press them down. Mm. They're like big, mm. tall, kind of stalky keys. I think... Hats off to people who can actually type like so many words per minute on that. That's just like, <laughs> like you, you see, there's some videos on that. If you look on YouTube, I've seen some videos, and it is like wow. Yeah. My mum had like long fingernails as well, so she used to type. And then it would be, oh, there goes another nail. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was, it was. They were she used to touch type, and it was absolutely horrendous because they, um, but then they had the electric typewriters came in, which made yeah. life a bit easier, and you had an LED screen on them. Oh, only so showing two lines or something. Yes, yeah. and then you hit the button and then it would print out the, uh, yeah, so. But, but, it, but it was also the how do you delete. I had an electric typewriter that I wrote my second book on and it, you could go back and it would stick over sort of like a oh, little like, tip like X. That, yeah, yeah. Type thing. I remember that, But yes. it, it is expensive and you're thinking, oh, I can't keep doing this because I don't want to have to keep replacing it. And you but can you remember how, how amazing that yeah. was when it happened? Like, yeah. wow, we can do that now. Woohoo! But if you think about now with as a writer, you're, you're constantly shifting scenes and you're moving things around and you think back to people like Jane Austen and yeah. Dickens and they're writing what you're reading as it happens, as far as I know, even if they're writing it by hand and making annotations, it's second draft only. They can't be doing third drafts and things like that. <laughs> Can oh you imagine gosh. that? I don't, I, like, I don't like that. So can you write it again, please? I think that's why we've had some, some of the best things in, in some ways, though, because you become too self-critical if, you, if you're able to do it too much, I think. You know, they, they cut, there's a line. But, um, um, but... At the moment, as you say, we can get this online, but yes. you are hoping soon there's a couple of bookstores you're um, you're going to see if you can get into as well. I'm going to try to um, go around to Waterstones locally and um, see 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 whether they'll stock it, and that would be great. If they're going to support a local author, it'd be great if it was me. It'd be nice to have a, yeah. section, a section for local authors. Local I think authors. they should. I think, I think that would be a good good selling point. There you go, Jack. Yeah. Well, there's well, a little well, selection for you there. When this goes out. You know, um, I will make sure we tag all as many bookstores as we can in it. Waterstones, yeah. Camberley. Waterstones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to you, Waterstones. <laughs> Support local, local authors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much it's for coming in today. Thank That's you very much, Lucy. Brilliant. And we will look forward to you coming back after um, Tammy has bought the book. And read it. And read it. Yes. And we yes, should bring you back as a tech talk about more about the technology and stuff as well. Well, we, we have a, a wealth of experience here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? I'm mild. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> well, on that note, Neil. <laughs> thank you for listening. And remember, we are always looking for existing and new businesses to talk to. So if you'd like to be part of our Buzz Talk business show, email us at info at buzzpodcast.co.uk. You can find us on Apple, Amazon, Google and Spotify. And remember to check our website, buzzpodcast.co.uk. So till next time, stay positive and we can help push your business forward.